Thank you so much for joining us uh, for this message online. It was our plan uh, leading up to this that we were going to finish our series in, uh, or finish our section in Matthew 12, um, where Jesus is talking to people about his family and who is part of the family of God. And what we see in that is Jesus says his brothers and his sisters, his family, are the ones who do the will of God. And we find in John 6 that the will of God is to believe in the one whom he sent. To, to believe in the one whom he sent. So the Father sends Jesus. The will of God for us is to believe on Jesus. And when we believe in Jesus, we become part of the family. And, and it's important to be a part of a family. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of a family. And even in during difficult times, it's, it's good to know sometimes that we're part of a family. Now, some of us, uh, and some of you, maybe you grew up in a family that, that was broken. Maybe you grew up in not much of a family. Maybe you grew up without really any family at all. But, but Jesus offers everyone to be a part of his family, and it's simply to believe in him, to put your trust in him. And that's great news. In fact, the scriptures would talk about that being a treasure. It's a treasure to be a part of the family of God. It's a treasure to being a part of, of Jesus's family. It's not just some cheesy phrase, right? We're all part of the family of God, and, right? But it's actually a reality that we're, that we're sealed and adopted, legally binding in the family of God, in God's family. And so when, it, when we see this, this treasure... That, 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 that we have, it's so good to know, and it gives us such joy, and it gives us such hope, and it gives us such confidence, and it, 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 it lifts our spirits. But what happens when, when the world just continues to act like the world? What happens when, when, when bad things happen? What happens when, when plans have to change and discouragement comes? Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys, this week um, has had some of the highest highs of Ignite Church's history and some deep, deep lows. This week, we, we announced that we've entered into an agreement with Safari, uh, Marcus Theaters to buy the Safari Theater. That's a, it's a huge thing. It's an answer to a decade-long prayer, stuff that we've been laboring for for years to find permanent space. We're, we're well on our way. Huge announcement. Really, really wonderful, Right? And then we get new restrictions, and we get rising cases of COVID, and we get more death, and we get not being able to meet together, and we get all of these other things that come along with it. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's just really exhausting. One of my, one of my callings, as part of my calling of being a pastor is to take care of the flock, to take care of the congregation that, that God has entrusted me with, to, to, to look over and care for. And one of the things that is part of my calling is that, that is my job to help you be prepared for all parts of life, the highs and the lows. And so I get to do these amazing things as a pastor. I get to do wedding ceremonies. I get to do baptisms. I get to do child dedications. I get to help people in membership classes and become part of members. I get to help lead people to Jesus. I get to do all these incredible things. And I get week after week, I get opportunities to share with you God's word. It's such a privilege and such a joy to be able to do those things. 
Also part of my calling is I, I have to do funerals. And I walk with people through conflict and brokenness of relationships. I help people as we bear one another's burdens with things like infidelity and divorce and abandonment and abuse. I walk with people through pain. I walk with people through doubt. I walk with people through suffering. And make no mistake, in these moments, in this season, in this year, we all have suffered. To varying degrees, sure. But the reality is, is suffering is real, whether it's a little or whether it's a lot. And we've all had a difficult road walking through this. I'm no stranger to suffering. And the world has seen suffering since the fall of mankind. And what I love about our God and what I love about the scriptures and what I love about how he cares for us and how he, he gives us his word so that I can deliver it to you, that we can all grow in Christ's likeness is that Jesus and his word do not shy away from suffering. They don't gloss over it. They don't, they deal with it head on. And so people ask me, where do you go? when times are tough? Where do you go when things are hard? Where do you go, Steve, when you suffer? And so I want to show you today, I'm going to walk you through a text that, that has become very near and dear to me. Uh, a piece of scripture that I, that I go to often when I go through trials and hardship. And so, honestly, I find myself here quite a bit and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So that's where we're going to be today. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians 4. So if you have a Bible, I would really recommend that you open it and follow along. Uh, the words are going to be on the screen as well, but, but man, I, I think it'd be great if you just had your Bibles open or your phone open with the app, whatever it is, um, even if you have to pause this video so you can go get one. Um, so let's, let's open our Bibles together and let's walk through this. And so we're going to be in 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, starting, the whole chapter is great, but, but I, I'm going to start in verse 7. And what's really interesting about 7 through 9 is that um, it recognizes that your suffering will come. Suffering is going to happen in this world. We live in a world that has been broken and marred by sin, and it's created lots of brokenness throughout the world. Everything is broke all the way down to the soil. It's been, it's been tainted and marred by sin. And, and it's just bound to happen. It's going to happen in this world. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. 
We just talked about how Jesus' message was that we can be part of his family by believing in him, and that is a treasure to us. And he, he says, we have this treasure, we have this knowledge, and we have this beautiful, beautiful treasure in us, the, the Holy Spirit dwells within all who follow Jesus. And we have this treasure, but he says we have this treasure in jars of clay. This beautiful treasure is encased in something fragile, in something breakable, in something temporary. It's easily cracked. It's easily broken. I mean, let's think about it, like our, our earthly bodies, this vessel, this world that we live in, it's a jar of clay. It's a jar of clay. This beautiful treasure is encased in a reality of something that's easily broken. And so he goes on to it and he says, I'm, I'm afflicted, I'm perplexed, I'm persecuted, I'm struck down. You ever felt that way? You ever, you ever felt afflicted in every way? Does it feel like it's just piling upon piling upon piling on top of you? Have you ever felt perplexed? Have you ever been so confused that you don't know which way is up? You don't know what's going forward? And it seems like every step you take is the wrong one and you can't figure this life out? You ever been persecuted? You ever been mocked, made fun of, ostracized, cut out? Have you, ever, have you ever experienced the pain of believing in Jesus and believing in something and have that be the cause of severed relationships, severed jobs, severed uh, uh, promotions? Have you ever felt that? You ever been mocked and ridiculed? You ever been struck down? Do you ever just feel like life just took you out at the knees? It seems like these things come upon us in a moment, and it seems like they last for eternity. Sometimes they come even without warning, like getting punched in the gut and then kicked when you're down. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired. I'm tired of making dramatic shifts in my life. I'm tired of delivering difficult news. I'm tired of making hard decisions. I'm tired of 14-hour work days. I'm tired of adjusting to COVID. I'm tired of spending hours making plans only to have to change everything the next day. I'm tired from worrying about my dad who has cancer in the middle of all of this and praying to God that something is going to work. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm reminded regularly that this body is a jar of clay. but we're not just jars of clay. We have a treasure inside of us that is indestructible. And the power does not belong to us. Listen, friends, you don't have the strength to withstand the onslaught that is this world. You don't possess it within you. 
You can't just suck it up and try harder and do better. We need something else. And if we don't, if we're trying to do this in our own strength, this is what happens. We, we run to alcohol. We run to sex. We run to Netflix. We run to the fridge. We run to drugs because we are panicking for some kind of relief. And if we don't get it there, we'll rage on Facebook. But the biggest thing that we love to do is we just love to blame somebody else for what's going on. We'll blame our boss. We'll blame our family. We'll blame our friends. We'll blame the governor. We'll blame the president. Whatever state you live in, we're gonna we're gonna blame the people who make vaccines. We're gonna make the we're gonna blame the people who don't want to do vaccines. We're gonna blame the people who wear masks. We're gonna blame the people who don't wear masks. We're just looking for someone to blame because we don't have it in us. It doesn't. We don't have the strength within us to withstand the onslaught. So we look to defer as many things as we possibly can. But the way of Jesus says, I've given you my strength. I've given you my strength. Yes, you are a jar of clay, but I've given you my strength. And I'm going to show the world that the power doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me. And that's why Paul can say in this, I'm afflicted in every way, but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not driven to despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm not alone. I'm struck down, but I'm not destroyed. Do these things hurt? Yes. Is it final? No. You're like, how is that possible? Because it sure feels final to me in this moment. How is it possible that I can ever get through this? How do I find the strength to go on? And the strength comes from the Lord. And to say, Lord, I need you and I need your strength. Help me today to take another step. And it's also this beautiful treasure that gives us the knowledge that no matter what suffering that we are going through, whatever it may be, that your suffering is not wasted. Your suffering is not wasted. Verses 16 and 17. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Why don't we lose heart? Why don't we lose heart? 
Even Because even if our outer selves, this jar of clay, this body that we have, even if it's wasting away, our spirit, our inner self is being renewed and it's being renewed every single day. Because God's mercies are new every morning. And great is his faithfulness. And this is what you need to know about your affliction. And this is what you need to know about your suffering. Two things that we need to know about our afflictions. Number one, it is light and it is momentary in comparison to the eternal glory by which we will be with Jesus forever. Anything you're going through right now. COVID, cancer, career, whatever it is, any affliction, we need to know that it is light and it is momentary. COVID will not last forever. And COVID will not have the final word. Not even our greatest enemy Death. Death seems so final. But for the follower of Jesus, not even death has the final word. So you need to know, number one, your afflictions are light and momentary in comparison. And number two, that your afflictions are are preparing for you an eternal weight of glory. Eternal weight of glory, an eternal measure of glory. Every second of your affliction is being used to prepare for you a reward, a, a, a eternal weight of glory, that there is a reward, and this is beyond all comparison, that your affliction and your pain and your trial is preparing you for something beautiful, wonderful, and great that is is beyond comparison, no matter the affliction. It is light and momentary, and it is preparing for you something beautiful. And you might be thinking, that sounds great, Steve. I'm really happy that you have that going for you. But like, seriously, I don't see what's going on in my life. You, you say these things. You say, you know, yeah, these are light and momentary. They sure don't feel light and they sure don't feel momentary. And yeah, there might be something down the future that this might be producing in me. But right now, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. In fact, right now, it feels meaningless. And I'm here to tell you that it's not. It's not meaningless. It's not senseless. It's not 
useless. But if you can't see it right now, one, it just doesn't surprise me. Because so often your suffering doesn't make sense in the moment. Your suffering doesn't always make sense in the moment. In the middle of it, it doesn't, you don't know what it's producing. In the middle of it, you're not sure what's going on. It doesn't always make sense now, but that doesn't mean that it's not producing something. And it doesn't mean that it won't make sense sometime in the future. And it's hard right now because you're looking around, you're like, but I don't see it. And in verse 18, It says, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. I can't see what this season is doing to me. And I can't see what 2020 has done in me. But I do know this. I know that God is working for my good. And I know he is for you too. He's not given up on us. He's not forsaken us. And we are not destroyed. Because we have this treasure. I don't know how this is shaping me, but I do know that he's working for my good. One of my favorite things to do in life, honestly, is to talk to old people. I love talking to old people. I mean, like old, old people, like grizzled, like, are they dead? Like old, really, really old. Old is dirt old, okay? And here's why I love talking to old people. One, they have less of a filter and it's just funny. But two, they've seen a lot of life. They've seen a lot of life. So you talk to people who lived through World War II or the Depression, and you see the depth of their soul. Maybe you see someone who went to Vietnam. Maybe you talk to someone who lived through the 1980s and the economic struggles that those were. Maybe you talk to someone who who lost everything in 2008, but there's something about time that gives perspective. And I love talking to people who are ahead of me in the game. I love talking to older people because because you see what's being produced and you you saw now what wasn't seen then. There's eternal, this depth of soul, this trust in Jesus, this gratitude for walking with him. And so he says, what what we see in this moment, temporary, transient. It comes and it goes. This will pass. But what's eternal is the unseen. What it's doing in your soul, how it's shaping you, how you're trusting in Jesus, how the Holy Spirit is producing in you. a new fruit. And so what is unseen is eternal. So we do not lose heart. 
we don't give up. Because this is doing something in us and through us and for us. This is often where I go when I suffer. Because Christ is my hope. Not a wishful thought. Not a, 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 man, I really hope things happen. No, Christ is my hope. He is my confidence. This is where I put my trust. This is where I walk forward. This is where I get my strength because Christ is my hope. He's my hope. He's my hope. And Christ will continue to work for our good. And someday, I will stand before Jesus and be brought in because I put my trust in him, not because of any good works, not because of any titles, not because of any achievements. I will be brought into the master's house, adopted into the family because of my trust in Jesus and what he's done for me. And when he looks at me, he's going to say, I want him to say, Steve, 2020 was a hard year. Man, that was tough. But you held on to me and you persevered through trials. I can't tell you how proud I am of you. He's going to say, look what this produced. Look what it did in your life. Look what it did for your, your being a father and a husband and a pastor and a friend and a follower of Jesus. Look what it did for your soul. Look what it did for the people around you. Look, I want you to introduce you to the people that came to Christ because they saw your life and they saw how you suffered. But more importantly, they saw your hope in me and they came to Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come share in your master's happiness. It's my hope that this is producing for me and in me a glorious weight that is beyond all comparison. And someday, church, someday we're all going to see in full what we know in part. We might get glimpses of why we went through trials and afflictions and persecutions and being struck down. We're going we're gonna to see all those things. We, we might even in this life go, oh, that's why that happened or that's why that happened. But when we see Jesus face to face, we'll see it in full. And in that moment, we will rejoice. Oh, we will rejoice. And we will all say, this moment and going through that was so hard. But man, was it worth it. So I want you to know, church, I love you. We're going to get through this, but it's not because of 
tricks and bells and whistles. It'll be the strength that comes from our God, this treasure that we have in jars of clay. So in the moment, until we see that day when we will see Jesus face to face, we preach this to ourselves. We remind ourselves. We come back to the scriptures. We come back to God's words and his promises, which are sure and anchor in the storm and say, Christ is my hope. So we do not lose heart. I want you to have an amazing week. I want you to have a blessed time drawing near to Jesus, even in the middle of trial. Church, don't lose heart. I love you. Jesus loves you more. Let's walk with him and let's share this good news with other people because Jesus loves them too. And they don't even know him yet. So let's go out and share the good news of Jesus with others. Let's encourage people. And if you're watching this today and you're like, I want that. There's opportunity to connect on this website and to text 218-377-5787. Just text the word connect. We would love to be in touch and help you take your next steps with Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for coming to this earth, for being known as the suffering servant, that Jesus, you are God in the flesh, and that you came to this earth. And you're a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And you took upon yourself our infirmities and our sins. And you bore them on the cross in our place. And you rose from the dead victoriously. And you give new and eternal life to all who put their trust in you. And so for those who are at that spot right now, I pray God, that they would just say, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Lead me, lead me, lead me. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you, God, for your mercy. And thank you, God, that this is not all there is. And someday we'll receive the blessing of our perseverance through this time, through the strength that you provide. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen.